This week on Plot Points Podcast, my guest co-host is author, screenwriter, Christopher Styers. Chris and I remember Burt Reynolds, talk about legendary screenwriter Ernest Lehman, discuss great movie endings, and answer your burning questions about script writing. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. This is Plot Points Podcast. Hi, this is Mark with Plot Points Podcast. Um, I am joined today by a very good friend, uh, someone who I respect and admire, who uh, we met in writing class, <laughs> God, too many years ago. Uh, but uh, anyway, this is Chris Styers, Christopher Styers. He is a uh, novelist. We collaborate on screenplays, and he writes his own screenplays. He's also a, a fairly terrific, besides all the other stuff he does, he's a fairly terrific short story writer. I think that's my favorite um, thing that he does, but uh, and also just a great human being. Um, we've known each other, I think, over 20 years, and um, I've always just really liked Chris and enjoyed his, uh, his sense of humor, his knowledge, and his skill. So, hi, Chris. How are you today? I'm doing fine. Thank Good. you for the invitation today. Oh, yeah. I mean, once I thought about it, it's like a natural because you and I talk uh, every week or so and um, usually for about an hour and a half on just, you know, the stuff that's going on in the world and and writing and movies. And so um, so Chris is a he's a big you're a big Western fan, though, right? Well, big time. Yeah, I love Westerns. Who's your favorite? Is there you have a favorite director, favorite actor you want to mention or anything like that? Oh. I mean, you can't go wrong with John Ford, uh, Howard Hawks, uh, Anthony Mann. Um, Those are great directors. And for Westerns, I mean, John Wayne, James Stewart. Yeah, I guess Um, my favorite would be Clint Eastwood. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. He'd be on the list. And then there are people still currently making stuff like Robert Duvall and Tommy Lee Jones that – they don't seem like they're acting. Right. They're just, they are cowboys. Right, right. Yeah, and then, um, so, you know, maybe we'll do a, a segment on, because I, I, I don't think I, I don't think I know of one, well, besides David Webb Peoples, who wrote uh, The Unforgiven, I can't think of more than one or two writers who do, who did Westerns, obviously, uh, it's uh-huh. not, a, not a genre that's in demand right now, but... Um, yeah, so maybe we'll do a Western themed, uh, uh, you know, at some point. Which brings me to uh, your novels, which yes. uh, you have what five of them? Yes, I have five published novels, mm. and I have my sixth coming out soon. My first sequel. Okay. And uh, one of my older novels has been uh, the publishing house went out of business, and a new publishing house has acquired it and is going to reissue it. Wow, which one is that? Uh, it was originally called To the Mountain of the Beast, and I never liked that title, so I mm-hmm. got it changed to Star Beast. 
Oh. And it's and the plot is basically a alien spacecraft crashes in the Wyoming mountains in 1895, mm-hmm. and the only survivors of the crash are the pilot's two hunting pets. And uh, after they start devastating the wildlife and uh, the ranch's cattle herd, a bunch of cowboys go up there to take them, hunt them down. Uh-huh. And basically, the hunters become the hunted. Yeah, I remember reading the script to this. You adapted it to yes. uh, to screen. It was pretty good. Um, yeah, it was originally a screenplay, yes. Oh, it, okay. Oh, that's right. It was a screenplay, and then you turned it into a novel. And yes. you sold the novel, and uh, we're still working on selling that screenplay. But uh, it's a really yeah. fun, fun thing. Were, was this inspired by Cowboys and Aliens in any way, or no? Was, this was before then. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize yeah. that. Okay. It was more uh, Lonesome Dove meets Alien. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, when will Star Beasts be released so people can? Uh, can... I don't have a, a date yet. Uh, the publishing house and I just finished doing our editing of the manuscript, and uh, they had sent me a uh, cover. Mm-hmm. And then after the editor finished reading fully my novel, she had the artist do a new cover. Oh, okay. And I just got that, and it looks pretty cool. Is that the one with the cowboys on the front in the in a prairie, kind of with mountains and or the beast in behind them, or is that the other one? Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, it's the one that shows the cowboys around a campfire. Oh, okay, I saw that one. And, I remember up, that one. and up, up, and in the background is the beast, the, right? The two alien predators. Yeah. Okay. Well, and then Predator is uh, just just came out a new new Predator. Oh yeah, so you're 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 right in there. Um, and yep. then the other, the other ones were, have been, you know, two of them are fantasy, right? Um, and then you have a alternate history. Um, right. Right. Yeah. Two of them were considered horror novels. That's where okay. I started from my love of Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Those were my first two novels. And then my biggest success was the alternate history thriller where, uh, Rebel Nation. Right. Which About- takes place current day but uh in a world where the confederacy won the civil war won the war yeah and then yeah. uh my paladin's journey which is the first it the new novels the first sequel i've ever written and okay. it's from paladin's journey so and i plan on making the paladin's journey into a trilogy well that only makes sense of course yeah yeah um, so I know you don't have a website. We've talked about that. Right. Um, yeah. And I know you said you only had a uh, a Facebook page, but you actually have an Amazon right. listing too, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I'm on uh, Goodreads. Goodreads. Okay. Well, we'll we'll post the links um, to all of that stuff so that you can okay. people can find you if they need to, and then. Um, one of these days soon, I think we've talked about putting up a web page for you. You had one at one time, and then you just you you let it go. Yeah. But uh, we need to yeah. get you. We need to get you some exposure yeah, on that. Marketing is very important. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, and I see you post. You know, you and I are Facebook have been Facebook friends for a long time, and I see you do post that stuff. But 
you know, you're, yeah. you're, 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 you're preaching to the choir. Those are your friends. You know, you got to get to some right. people who just aren't your friends. But, uh, right. Anyway. Well, that's, uh, I got a note from one of my publishers mm-hmm. and she said, and she's on Facebook too. And she informed me, anytime you post anything about your novels, hit public, not just friends. Right. So send it out to everybody. Well, you got to learn how to hashtag stuff too. Have you been hashtagging? Yeah. Okay. No, no. Okay. <laughs> well, as huh, usual, I as know. You, I'm I know. Old, I'm old school. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I I got to drag you kicking kicking and screaming into the year 2000 at least. I mean, yes. you're, you're trapped in the late 90s, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. So as I said, Chris and I met in writing class. Um, it was a novel writing class. It wasn't a screenwriting class, and. Yes. Um, yeah, and you were writing. I, yeah, I remember the teacher constantly yelling at you for being for referencing, like you know, for writing your characters based on other literary characters. Uh, but it was a good right. class. We had a, we had fun in there. There was really good writers in that class. Um, yes, yes. And um, and then so then there was a period of years where you and I were kind of. Uh, not communicating with each other, and then we we hooked up, and we we've, we've done yeah. you know we've we've done some successful work as uh, screenwriters. Uh, one of our scripts yeah. was optioned, um, yeah. unfortunately, did not go any further. Right, and, and then you and I talk when we talk, we're always throwing around ideas for um, for for scripts. We've been our current love uh, or or quest has been for limited location projects. Right, uh, yeah seems to be a lot of market if you can manage to pull off uh, a limited location screenplay, but they're tough. Yeah. You know, I saw an interesting one. I'm not, I can't remember. I'll never remember the name of it. I could probably look it up. Uh, it's on, it's on Amazon, but it, it took place almost entirely in a government insane asylum. And uh-huh. it was, it was, uh, it, it was, it was, it was a good movie. It wasn't, uh, wasn't that startling let's put it that right. way but it was really well done it kept you guessing uh it was about a little girl who had uh, extraordinary powers who the government uh-huh. couldn't figure out what to do with so it kind of inspired yeah. me i kind of liked uh the idea of putting something in an insane asylum i thought that might be fun so right maybe you and i'll talk about it at some point oh what's in the box what's in the fucking box so let me let me switch gears here, and usually we do okay. we do at this point we'll do what are we watching, but I want to talk a little bit about Burt Reynolds because he obviously had a lot to do with with us growing up, and yes. you know he's he was one of those guys who just you know spanned decades in film. Um, what do you, what you want to tell me a little bit about your favorite? Do you have a do you have a couple favorite Burt Reynolds movies that? Uh, Yes, I do. I would say probably my most favorite Reynolds movie is the original Longest Yard. Mm, Excellent film. Uh, I just, that was just a terrific movie. And I remember too, being in the theater, it was an audience movie too. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you get to so many movies and everybody just sitting there real quiet, not saying anything, which for the most part is usually good. (laughs) But, uh, the longest yard just encouraged you to cheer at the screen, and that, that was it. Was cool. It was and, a uh, cool movie, yeah. And uh, I was always surprised towards the end of Reynolds' career when he started doing different character parts, 
And the critics were always saying, you know, I didn't know he could act. <laughs> and I, and I sit there and go, did you never see Deliverance? Oh my God. It wasn't, it wasn't, I, that, that was probably the one that really put him on the map, right? Deliverance? Yes. Yes, I think so. I mean, he wasn't the star, but he stood out. Right. And you're going, he's all, and most of the stuff he did, uh, Smokey and the Bandit, the Hooper, mm-hmm. he was acting. Mm-hmm. He was just playing to his strengths. Yes, yes. Well, I remember seeing him uh, on talk shows. He was always so personable. Uh, yeah. You know, very funny. It, it, it belied his his on-screen persona for so many years because he was a bad guy. You know, he was a badass uh, kind of, yeah. you know, like, like not quite Paul Newman, um, but very cool, you know, very, very uh, together. Um, yeah. The, um, my favorite of, in my, I mean, I love the longest yard and deliverance. Uh-huh. Uh, my favorite is uh Sharky's machine though. I, oh, yeah. And that you said yesterday, we were talking a little bit about this. You said that was based on a book. Yes. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I guess I didn't know that. Um, but it's yeah. William Beale, uh, his first his first novel. Uh, right. And right. I read somewhere that when the novel came out, like three different people sent it to Bert. You're kidding! Wow. They read it and they sent it. One of them was Eastwood. <laughs> Because they were buddies for long times. I mean, there's the old story where I think they were both under contract at Universal, and they both got fired on the same day. (laughs) Yeah, well, that makes sense considering who they were. I mean, Eastwood was a lot quieter than Reynolds, but they were both, you know, you could tell they were both anti-establishment kind of rebel. Right. You know, rebel without a clue kind of guys. So. Yeah, and I'm surprised they only made one movie together. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. The old city heat. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, uh, it, they were both giants, but, but, you yeah. know, Reynolds, I think Reynolds, he won an Academy or he got an Academy Award nomination for uh, Boogie Nights, which was, yes, you know, later in his career. Uh, right. But I mean, some, and he played comedy, he played farce, uh-huh. um, he played, he played it straight, he played cops, he played bad guys. Uh, just an incredible range for, for a, a good old boy, I guess. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Did you like any of the Smokey and the Bandit uh, films or were they too they, broad? They, they were okay. Yeah. They were fine for the type of film that they were. Mm-hmm. I mean, they weren't supposed to be, you know, something that knocked your socks off. You were just supposed to go to the movies, watch this film and have a good time. Right. And that they accomplished that. Certainly, certainly. Without, without. I mean, uh, there's definitely a place for movies that are just flat out entertainment. Mm-hmm. They, well, they I, don't have any social commentary. They're not start trying to redo a genre. Right. They're just there to have a good time. They're, they're fun, fun films. Yeah. yeah, and I and I could say I could say that about a lot of the stuff that he did. He was a very much a people pleaser, so he ended up doing yeah. a lot of movies like that. Uh, now, you know, I'm looking at his filmography. There's a lot of movies that he did that I, I hadn't seen, like Navajo Joe and The Man Who oh. Loved Cat Dancing. And Yeah, uh, back that, in the days when he was, I mean, if you look at his early career, he did all kinds of television. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, that's, where right. he, that's, that's where he learned. I didn't realize he did a Twilight Zone. Oh. He played a character named Rocky Rhodes. I'll have to check that out. Hmm. Gunsmoke. Uh, branded flipper, yeah. uh, 12 o'clock high. 
He has like a hundred and I think it's eighty six. Well, yeah, hundred credits. Back in the day, I mean, a lot of the big movie stars like Reynolds, Clint Eastwood, Steve McQueen, mm-hmm. they got their start in television, right? And they became a recognizable name, and then they went on to be big time, big. Mm-hmm. movie stars mm-hmm. yeah well certainly some of them made the transition uh, yeah, it's, a different, it's a different world today back in the day television was considered second rate and so right. if you were a tv star you you didn't make that transition into features now Not of course often. yeah now of course it's you know television's oh here. we've got a lot of big actors now who go back and forth right well even the- writers even writers had that same, uh, the branded, yeah. you know, they, if you were a television writer, you were less than um, a feature yeah. writer. I see dead people. Dead people like in graves and coffins? Walking around like regular people. All right, so let's talk a little bit. Because I know you're always working on something, I am too. Um, what do you? Are you working on anything you want to talk about, or can you? Uh, nothing that really at the moment. But yeah, I've got a lot of things in the wind. I've got a couple publishers looking at some uh, different, uh, inter- different novels, novellas uh-huh. that I've done. But uh, I'm waiting to hear back. Yay, nay, or why did you bother? Uh, (laughs) What were you thinking? (laughs) Yes. What were you thinking when you wasted our time sending us this? Yeah. So, I mean, this is, you know, the show's primarily about screenwriting, but tell tell me a little bit about that process about uh, how long does it take? Yeah. I mean, uh, first of all, how long does it take you to write a novel? But second of all, how long does it take to like from beginning, this is what I'm going to write till uh, we've, we've accepted or rejected your work. What what are we talking Uh, about? Good grief. Well, depending on the length and what you're attempting to do, I mean, heck, I've written what they consider novellas, which is short novels. I've done, you know, some in a month. Okay. And then I've turned around and like with my Paladin series, each novel took me well over a year Mm -hmm. between the writing and the rewriting and the changing of things as you go along. And then it's frustrating when you start sending your stuff out, especially when you don't have an agent, because every publishing house is different. You know, we'll get back. We'll get you one way or another in a week. We'll get back to you in three months. Uh, And then there's some publishing houses, you know, you'll hear from us in six months if we like it. In six months, if you haven't heard from us, Consider that a rejection. Yeah, assume and the word. Kind of like, ah. Yeah, so that's why. There's, there's been several times where, when my, one of my novels was published, by the time it was published, I had to go back and look at it again because I didn't remember, <laughs> you know, specific details. It'd been that long, and I was working on other stuff. Right. Yeah, that's why I like scripts. I mean, you sometimes it does take a while to hear back from these film uh, companies, but or yeah. somebody who's reading it. But typically, it's a couple. It's maybe a week. You remember the yeah. one the one thing we sent to that uh, that guy, the, the Nightbugs. You remember that he uh-huh. he accepted he accepted it within 
what like overnight or something or almost you know he yeah so uh unfortunately it didn't it didn't fly we i think he took it to sci-fi channel but um it was a good little and script I, I had a lot of fun writing that working on that with yeah Tim. yeah that yeah. was good all right uh yeah for me i'm working on i'm always working on that um trying to find that um that the holy grail of the limited location scripts and um right I came up with a couple ideas. Actually, I came up with a short film idea called Potato Face. And then I came up with one um, that I won't talk about, but I think it's, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, it's um, uh-huh. limited location. Like I said, it, I think I t- said earlier, it was, takes place in an insane asylum. And um, it's pretty, um, pretty much talking heads. There's really not a lot of action to it, which is different for me. Um, right. Yeah. And then, of course, I'm still working on a Revolutionary War script. Um, and yeah. yeah. And then um, some other things are happening. So, uh, so you know, we'll see how it goes. It might be might uh, the end of the year might surprise me as far as uh, as far as projects. I have a a woman in Jeopardy film out to a producer, and uh-huh. uh, he's he's looking at two of them actually. One I co-wrote with. Uh, with a friend and the other one was one I actually wrote for him years ago. And when I reminded him of it, he goes, Oh yeah, what happened to that script? Let me read it. Said, okay. So we'll All see right. how it goes. Yeah. yeah. So, um, keep my fingers crossed for you. Well, of course, because you know, like uh, we've always said, you know, my success is your success. So, uh, yeah. if we can, if I can get in a room, you can get in a room with me. So that would be, right. that would be great. It would be great to, to share a project with you. I have shared a project w- with another friend uh, years uh-huh. ago uh, where I was too busy to write the script. So he wrote the first draft. I wrote the second draft or I did the second draft. And then uh, we both collaborated with the producer on the third draft. Um, it, was, uh-huh. it was a great experience. I just really enjoyed Good. it. Yeah. Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. So let me remind the audience um, that this is Plot Points Podcast. Uh, we have uh, an affiliation with, the, with Orange County Screenwriters Association and OC Film and T- TV. And you, we have websites, ocscreenwriters.org and ocfilmandtv.com. Um, we, also do, we also have meetup groups here in Southern California. We do a, uh, a Wednesday night uh, networking event every third Wednesday at a coffee shop in Costa Mesa called C3 Vape and Coffee. Um, this coming uh, uh, we, uh, month, we have uh, sh- uh, Deputy Sheriff Jeff Walker, who is a friend of mine. He's actually a, uh, I met him uh, in my martial arts dojo, known him for 20 years. He's a um, sergeant with the um, LA Sheriff's Department, and he will be talking about a lot of things. He actually does work as a, a creative consultant for, uh, for for TV and film, um, and he's currently working working on a task force uh, that that deals with uh, human trafficking. So he should be a fascinating. He's he's spoken at my class before. He's never spoken at our group, but uh, that's coming up on Wednesday. And then just check ocfilmandtv.com, and we have another uh, a produced uh, writer director named Robert Yoakum coming up in October, and we may have something to something in. Um, in uh, December, in early December, but I'm not sure yet. Um, and so you can reach us at uh, 
the, the podcast itself is at plotpoints.com. That's the, the URL for the podcast. You can find us on, on iTunes. Um, you can also contact us via phone at 919-SCRIPTS. That's 919-S-C-R-I-P-T-S. Um, leave a message. That's a Google Voice uh, recorder, so you can leave a message. And if you have any questions or comments, we'd be happy to hear them. Okay, so that's all the shameless self-promotion for, for the organization. Plus, I should say that I, I teach um, my screenwriting classes are coming up uh, in a couple weeks. They start on September 20th. Actually, 18th is intermediate. The 20th is intro. And then I teach a podcasting class. And that starts on that Saturday. I don't know what that Saturday is. Let's see, 20th, 21st, 22nd, uh, September 22nd. So if you want to find me, I'm uh, through OCC's Orange Coast College Community Ed. You can go to their website and you do a search on my name or my classes. That's Intro to Script Writing, Intermediate Script Writing, and Podcasting. All right. So, um, Chris, when I found when when you accepted the invitation to be on the podcast, I I it was one of the reasons I did it uh, was because I saw on your Facebook page you had made a top a, not a top ten but like kind of a your your top endings movie endings list not necessarily surprise endings um, but in, I'll let you explain it but I'm really curious to hear this list again to see what uh, what you came up with. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, I read uh, where screenwriter William Goldman said that the first 15 pages are the most important of any script, mm. any screenplay. And to which actor Paul Newman added, and the final 15 minutes are the most important of any movie. Mm. And there's a lot of movies out there that have endings that are perfectly fine and satisfying. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, boy and girl finally get together. Good guys beat the bad guys. But some endings stand out, not necessarily, and some of them have done it, but it's not necessarily because they have a twist or a trick at the end. Mm -hmm. But they've added an additional layer that just kind of lifts the entire story. Mm -hmm. and makes it more memorable. You're going to remember this movie when you're walking out of the theater or after you've taken the DVD out of the disc player. Nobody does that anymore, Chris. Pardon? Nobody takes DVDs out of players anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, <just> kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, there, uh, yeah, we're on Netflix or <laughs> yeah. some of the, one of the other places. Yeah, you just turn it off. You're just streaming, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Streaming. Yep. But go ahead. Okay. As for, um, I'm, I revised my list to try to make it a little more current. So <laughs> I won't be talking about Casablanca, Citizen Kane, or something like it hot. Um, <laughs> won't mention those movies. Oh, yeah, of course not. Wonderful endings. But uh, some of the. Ones I would mention that, you know, study how they did the ending would be Chinatown. Mm. Um, the Empire Strikes Back. Now, the, why, wait a minute, why Empire? Not because it ends on the cliffhanger of Han being frozen. Okay. It's 
before that, when Luke finds out who his father is. Uh-huh. That is an incredible moment. And I mean, how do you, what do you do when you find out one of the main villains in your world right. is your father and the you didn't you, know it? Right. The guy that's been killing your people, killed your, I guess, killed your aunt, your yeah. uncle. Okay. Oh, that's just incredible. I agree. Okay. And then um, we're the original back in 1968, Planet of the Apes. Oh. I mean, and Rod, Rod Serling was one of the screenwriters on that. Right. And you're talking about when Charlton Heston or Burt Lancaster. No, uh, Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston. So I, I had it right. Uh, looks up and sees the Statue of Liberty, right? Yes. Realizing yes. he's on, he's been on Earth oh. and not some alien planet. We'd never seen anything like that right. before. Right. And had and that was just incredible. And then talking about adding another layer is the Paul Newman movie The Verdict at the oh, end. God. Yeah. I, I like- mean, you're sitting there going, and who was oh God, it's the Malmet who Mammoth. wrote the screen Yeah, Mammet. Mammoth. David Mammoth. Well, what I liked and- about The Verdict so much was that the ending was inevitable but not predictable yes. uh, which is a great way to to characterize in any ending in any story uh-huh. but it was that um they didn't their surprise witness did not w- was invalidated at the end and it was just yes. the trust and the will of the people uh that 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 uh, created the verdict which was uh, really good plus yes. okay what else well, uh, more recent movies that for the endings worked well for me and were more memorable than normal. I'm talking The Sixth Sense, Inception, Memento, uh, the middle of the uh, Dark Knight series, which was The Dark Knight. Now, the last two on my list right now, one of them is a little film that if somebody listening hasn't seen it, you got to see this movie. And the ending just adds more to it. It's called Identity. Oh, my God. That's such a great film. Oh. 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 Yes. And you're trying – there's two storylines, and you're trying to figure out how these two – You know they're somehow going to merge, but how? And it's great. And No, I just – I agree. John Cusack – it's it's a really great film for oh. him, but it's so it's so incredibly well received, well conceived. Um, you'll you'll never figure yes. out what the f is going on until you get to that point where they do the reveal, like you said. And then after the reveal, there's an ending after the ending. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, yes. good choice. Wow. And the last one I've got on the list currently, Mark, don't <laughs> laugh at me. For this movie, <laughs> don't do it and because I get choked up at the end of this movie okay, go every ahead. time. It okay. It's oh Toy God. Story. 3. All right, I'm not saying anything. When when Andy gives his toys to the little girl as he's going off to college, I see that, and I, despite <clears throat> all my hard boiled writing, <laughs> I get choked up. Yeah, but you got a great heart, so I can see where you would get that. <laughs> Where you would get cho- choked up. I mean, uh, yeah. One of the things I yeah, I really like about your list is you do hew somewhat towards what's expected, uh, but then you'll throw in something like 
you know, Dark Knight or or Memento or something like that. So I those are those are really good. Uh, what was your first one uh, before Empire Strikes Back? Uh, that was the original Star Wars, A New Hope. No, what was, the, was what was before that? Before what? Before Empire. Before? Empire, yeah. Yeah, yeah before Empire was the original Star Wars. Oh, okay. I didn't. Oh, Empire I didn't. was the sequel. No, no, no. What was on your list? On on your. Oh, oh. Uh, I was talking Chinatown. Chinatown. That's right. Oh. Yeah, that is. That was. That really shook my world when I, you know, boy, uh, especially, oh. you know, Roman Polanski has such a dark heart, and uh, that the ending of that movie oh. is so brutal. Oh yeah, and he wrote the ending. He did? The, uh, yeah, the screenwriter. Oh, God, what's his name? I should know this off the top of my head. He's Robert a great Town. screenwriter. Yeah, Robert Town. Yes. He had a, diff- he had a close but different. Uh-huh. And Polanski rewrote it. And for the longest time, Town hated the ending. Mm. And then sometime, I don't know, probably 10 years ago or so, somebody asked him, you still hate the ending? And he goes, no, <laughs> Polanski, was, Polanski was right. It's a brutal this ending. Was a, was a stronger and more memorable ending. Mm. Although an ending like that, they always wonder how many millions of dollars did not having a happy ending cost them at the box office. Oh yeah, but what a what a what did it engender as far as awards and accolades for? Oh, yes. Know. Now, yesterday uh, we talked about your list. I know I asked you to come up. Uh, because you picked a lot of really classic, great classic films, but I agree with your with your one of your original ones, which was The Godfather. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they when they're closing the doors on uh, on Kay, and she's looking yeah. back and seeing Michael becoming the Godfather, what a powerful moment! And oh then, yes, and then and I the had, fact that he has just finished lying to her. Yes, right. And that moment when she clo- when they close the door, she knows. Yes, yes. It's a very powerful, well, it's a great ending. And then I added, I think I added to the list Apocalypse Now, even though, um, you know, a lot of people aren't sure what the ending means and stuff. I think it's pretty clear and it's very, very, very powerful. Yeah. All right. Well, great list, Chris. Uh, Just fantastic uh, insight, I think. And I think that's, you know, you and I both know that the hardest thing to write is the ending. Oh, Um, it is. Yeah. Everything you've done beforehand leads up to this ending moment. Mm -hmm. And like I said, there's a lot of endings that are, you know, generic almost, and they're perfectly fine. I mean, I like it when I'm watching a romantic comedy and the girl and the boy get together at the end. Well, that's what they're for. That's the that's yeah. the purpose of them. Boy meets girl, boy yes. gets girl, boy loses girl, they live happy, gets girl again, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, absolutely. If you only knew the power of the dark side, Obi Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. So you in in preparing this show, I can't remember exactly how this came about, but Ernest Lehman 
and I think you mentioned he did North by Northwest, which I, I guess I knew but didn't really know. And so that, that led me to want to do a profile on him. So uh, I chose Ernest Lehman as uh, the profile for, for this podcast and truly should have done him a lot earlier because what an amazing, what an amazing career. So, all right. So let me do my uh, Ernest Lehman uh, um, manifesto and then we can talk. Okay. Um, so even if you don't know the name of Ernest Lehman, I promise you that you know his work. His filmography reads like a who's who in movie legends. He's worked with some of the great directors and stars of Hollywood, including Alfred Hitchcock, Billy Wilder, Julie Andrews, among others. He came from nowhere to become one of the most influential writers in Hollywood history. Life in 1915, when Lehman was born, was pretty grim. It was just before the Roaring Twenties, which was fun, that's true, but it was also just before the Great Depression that shattered so many lives. Lehman was born into wealth, but the Depression destroyed his family's fortune. So much so that instead of an Ivy League school, Lehman had to attend the City College of New York. And he wasn't really a great student, taking five years to get his bachelor's degree. Lehman did a lot of prose writing in his early career, at one time publishing 32 short stories in three years, from 1944 to 1946. But it seemed like Lehman was a screenwriting star from the time he started. In 1948, at the age of 32, he did a, the untold stories story and then a series of teleplays for early TV drama shows, most of which were based in New York. He then wrote in quick succession Executive Suite, Sabrina, and The King and I, based on the Roger and Rogers and Hammerstein play. Out of college, Lehman had worked as a freelance writer for a bit, but didn't love the inconsistency of the pace, so he started working for a company that did marketing for plays and celebs. Some of that early experience, watching the best and worst of the New York entertainment industry, went into his screenplay, The Sweet Smell of Success, which starred Burt Lancaster, whose character was based on the feared columnist, Walter Winchell, and was co-written with legendary playwright Clifford Odets. The film is a brutal unraveling about a press agent, played by Tony Curtis, versus an influential syndicated newspaper columnist, Burt Lancaster, who collaborate to frame and destroy a young musician. Powerful but initially poorly received, it has become highly acclaimed, and in 1993, the film was selected by the United States National Film Registry of the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. This led to much more success for Lehman in the land to which he was apparently born to live and work. Quoting him, I was a short story writer in New York. A couple of my novelettes, including The Sweet Smell of Success, brought me to the attention of Paramount Pictures. Their New York office contacted my agent and asked if I was interested in writing for film. I was very interested, and Paramount brought me and my family out to California. I've been out here ever since. In 1956, the film autobiography of New York boxer Rocky Graziano, Somebody Up There Likes Me, launched both Paul Newman's career and began to cement the Lehman legend. In 58, Lehman and director Alfred Hitchcock worked to bring North by Northwest to the screen. This was a huge hit for Hitchcock and Lehman, who received the first of his four Academy Award nominations for Best Original Screenplay, as well as a 1960 Edgar Award from the Mystery Writers of America for Best Motion Picture Screenplay. After North by Northwest came West Side Story in 1961, which was another Broadway adaptation that had huge success for this prolific writer. For all his success, though, Lehman found writing screenplays difficult. He discarded many that he couldn't finish and said that he spent nearly two weeks unable to write a word on North by Northwest. Hitchcock apparently saved him by coming over and offering suggestions for the storyline. That, that's a hell of a save. Yeah. 
Lehman also bemoaned the lack of respect that screenwriters fill in an industry that gives the highest honors to actors and directors. None of this stopped Lehman, who also wrote and produced the film version of the Edward Albee play, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, starring, you know. Oh, Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. Yeah, a, cl- a, classic, uh, a classic couple. The film yeah. was, yeah, the film was a commercial and critical success, receiving 13 Oscar nominations, winning four. Lehman was nominated for writing, but lost to Fred Zinnemann for A Man for All Seasons. Lehman's drama chops were very strong, but he also did highly successful musicals and comedy. In 1965, he adapted the stage play by Rodgers and Hammerstein, The Sound of Music. Wow. The film was nominated for 10 Academy Awards, winning five, but Lehman's script was not nominated. However, he was nominated uh, for an Academy Award for a screenplay for Hello, Dolly! in 1969, starring Barbara Streisand. And in 1972, Lehman directed the, the film version of Portnoy's Complaint based on the novel by Philip Roth. Um, in 1976, Lehman earned another Edgar Award for a screenplay for Family Plot, directed by Alfred Hitchcock. In 77, a movie way before its time, uh, you and I talked about, Chris, called Black Sunday. Uh, it yep. tells the story of a bomb-carrying blimp that terrorists will explode over the Super Bowl. The inspiration apparently was the tragic massacre that occurred during the 1972 Munich Olympics. For, the, for me, the most surprising part of Lehman's life story is that he turned down both Jonathan Demme's The Silence of the Lamb and Brian De Palma's Mission Impossible. I, I guess when you're a genius, you can pick and choose, but my God, yes. that's amazing. Oh. Uh, not content to write, produce, and direct, in 1977, Lehman published the best-selling novel, The French Atlantic Affair, about a group of unemployed middle-class men who hijack a cruise ship for ransom. It was adapted as a TV miniseries in 1979. In 2001, although Lehman never actually won an, an Oscar, he was nominated for four but won none, he became the first screenwriter to receive an honorary Academy Award from the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences, which is an Oscar. And he did receive more honors and recognition from the Writers Guild of America than any other screenwriter in film history. Lehman derided the auteur theory of filmmaking. He knew where the creative process started, and that was with the writer. He was quoted as saying, I was standing on Madison Avenue watching Hitch shoot the opening scene for North by Northwest. And a movie critic came along and asked, Ernie, what are you doing here watching Alfred Hitchcock shoot his picture? I said to him, Hitchcock isn't shooting his picture. He's shooting mine. Ernest Lehman was 91 when he, was, when he died. Truly a legend. So I know you, you and I talked about this, but wow, yeah. what, a, what a career, huh? Oh, my God. And talk about the range. I mean, I know. In, 60, in 65, he writes The Sound of Music. Right. And then he does almost a complete 180 the following year and does Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean... Different ends of the spectrum, totally. Totally, yeah. And he and he mastered all of it. Right, right. Yeah, he was. Uh, this is, you know, when I first started writing script writing, they said, "Oh, you know, you'll get, you'll get pigeonholed, and people will say you're you're good at this, but they won't consider yeah. you for other projects." And and that is true to a certain extent because, you know, they're hiring you because you wrote that big spider movie or 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 yeah. whatever. Uh, but this is a guy who belies that. That uh, yes. that uh, you know that consensus wisdom. He just, I mean, you look at his, you look. I mean, the sound of music is about as peppy and preppy as you can get. And who's afraid of Jim yes. Wolf? Like you said, it's just it's brutal. It's oh, really yes. brutal. 
Yeah. All right. Um, let, at this point, uh, let me remind people this is Plot Points Podcast. My guest today is Christopher Styers, who is a, uh, a multi-book uh, author and a screenwriter, um, also just a great short story writer and a good friend. Um, he and I work on a lot of stuff together uh, uh, when we have time. Um, just, you know, one of the more joyous collaborations I've ever had is with Chris. Uh, he, he just has no ego when it comes to the work. He, he, he fully embraces almost every idea. I mean, you give your opinion, but you also, you also stand back and, and allow it to happen. So that's, that's what I do appreciate most about you. Uh, well, thank you. You're welcome. When somebody loved me, everything was beautiful. Every hour we spent together lives within my heart And when she was sad, I was there to dry her tears And when she was happy, so was I when she... All right, so uh, we, we do have a question uh, that came in via the PodPoints hot, hotline uh, it's from a, a writer named Eric who wondered, go ahead, Chris, ask the question. Okay. The question is, uh, when do you use a montage or a series of scenes? When do you use those? Yeah. Okay. So, way? well, so that's, a, I, my understanding was he was also wondering, is there a difference? Because he asked the question if there was a difference, like when, but there is no difference. A series of shots or a series of scenes is, uh, it is a montage. A montage is a series of shots. The only thing, the only way I can differentiate them is this. If you say a series of scenes, you're almost saying a series of shots, and that's kind of a directorial thing. So I would avoid saying a series of scenes and just use montage because that's more of a writerly uh, thing, and you don't want to direct your script. Uh, ah. But having said that, uh, the other part of that question is when is it appropriate to use a montage? Um, because a montage is just like if a montage is a time shifter. So you, when you're doing a montage, you, usually you see them like, for instance, I think, um, the last karate kid had a training sequence where he, where you have to show a period of time has passed where he's become, you know, um, where Jaden Smith has become per, per, proficient in martial arts. So you need a, what they call a time shifter. And so you put in these series of uh, shots or series of scenes or, whatever called a montage that allow you to accelerate uh, the time that we're watching the, him train. The other way to do it is if in a romantic comedy, say, um, where you have uh, the couple meeting and you need them to fall in love with each other at, for like something, you, you need to use act, the beginning of act two for them to falling in love. And a lot of times they use montage uh, where they'll put a bunch of scenes together where they're, we, you know, you see them at the park, you see them at the, coffee shop you see him at the water park uh, you know having fun falling in love you see the kiss you see that you know that kind of stuff so but having said all that i i think people overuse those techniques i i really don't see that they're appropriate for much else than what i've already described which is to accelerate time but people use them a lot to tell story and i, I think that's unfortunate because a, a, a montage should in my opinion focus under a unifying theme so if you're showing different things like for instance if we were doing um 
let's say we were doing uh, a romantic comedy and we were doing the meet, you know, they, they have to fall in love with each other. But in the mir- mi- middle of that sequence, you put the parent meeting the parents, meeting her parents or his parents. That's inappropriate because you're not showing that they're falling in love. You're just showing, you're showing scenes. And if we wanted outlines, we would write outlines. So it's almost never appropriate to use a montage or a series of shots, which is exactly the same thing, or a series of scenes. I would avoid it. Okay, Eric, thank you for the question. Appreciate it. Um, As always, you can reach us at plotpoints.com, or you can uh, phone in like Eric did at uh, 919-SCRIPTS. That's 919-S-C-R-I-P-T-S. I I can't remember what the numbers are, but uh, just – it's on the website, so just go to the website and you'll find it. I'm not going to kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. Um, so at this point, I think we're going to call it a day. Um, okay. We we also, Chris prepared a, a segment of the top five books to screen. And um, I think we're going to hold on that. Chris, will you come back and uh, do this again? Sure. Okay. This was fun. Yeah. I, well, you know, like I said, when I first thought to, to – I don't know why I haven't invited you on the podcast before. You're, I mean, we, you and I talk so much about so yeah. many things. It's a natural. I mean, I'm, I'm, and, and I know you're working, how you're working. I know what you're working on. I know what co- quality of work you do, which is always fantastic. So, guys, if you want to um, find Chris, he's on Amazon. Uh, he has an Amazon page. His last name is spelled S-T-I-R-E-S. That's Christopher Styers. Um, take a look at some of his work. Do you have any uh, short stories up there, Chris? Uh, there's nothing I can think of at the moment, but if you just went to Google or Bing and put my name in, okay. I'm sure some of my short stories would populate that you could still get to. Well, I mean, here's... Yeah, I, my last count was uh, short stories and articles. I'd had over about 70 of them published wow, wow. in the U S and about six other countries. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm just not, I'd never heard of this. Uh, there's something on Amazon called burning sky. You're in that. Okay. Not, um, not that I can recall. I'm going to have to check. The, oh, that's an old magazine. Yeah. It's adventures yeah, in science it's, fiction. It's, it's, yeah, it's not in uh, publication anymore. You know, when the big crash came, a lot of the independent magazines and publishing houses folded. Mm-hmm. How many How many yeah. pieces of work did you do for them? For them, I just recall one, but the guy had uh, a couple of other magazines that I was had stories in too. But I remember Burning Sky because it was one of the first times I saw my name on the cover. <laughs> wow, that's a great feeling. Yeah, we're gonna have yeah. to definitely work on getting your um your your website up so that we can okay. point to some of this stuff. But uh yeah you're listed as uh that they don't have much information about the thing. But anyway it's there. Burning Sky Adventures in Science Fiction Terror issues one, two and three Paperback, 1999. So, yeah. so, so everybody, this is Christopher Styers. He's a good friend. He's a wonderful human being. What I love about Chris is he's a working writer. Uh, he, you know, I can't tell you how many times we've talked, and it's, you know, he's just putting his nose to the grindstone and getting it done, which is what I'm all about. You know, a writer writes. That's what we do. 
you don't make excuses. You don't moan. Well, you do moan about it. We moan about everything, but uh, you just <laughs> just get the damn stuff done. That's what you do. So, so Chris, uh, it, it's been a pleasure. I hope you'll come back. I, you know, maybe we can make this a regular thing because um, sure. there's a lot, you know, you and I talk about, we, we barely scratched the surface uh, today, but uh, yeah. some, you know, we've had some great discussions. I, in my opinion, maybe, maybe nobody else will find them as engaging as me. The other, I, the other thing I like about you, Chris, is you have a, you know, you have a wide range. I mean, you go, you like uh, your, one of your favorite authors is Elmore Leonard and um, yeah. You know, and also, but you like all the science fiction and all the fantasy and all the, you know, you like hard-boiled noir. You like rest, westerns. Yeah. You, you just run the gamut of, uh, uh, and so one of these days we're going to have to, you know, we should do Elmore Leonard maybe next, next, next time. Oh. That would Incredible. be. Yes. Yeah. Is, he's the one that did um, the, the basis for Justified, right? Yes. That yeah. was based on two of his novels and a couple of short stories. He did Get Shorty. Uh huh. And I, I know there's several others. Well, a lot of his that, stuff, yeah, his, a lot of his stuff has been adapted. He's not really, is he, he does he, is, does he write screenplays? No, I think his, no, he's mainly a novelist. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. So, what we can do, maybe you can do a, a, a segment on him about his, the work that he's done that's been, adapted to the screen so uh yeah. but i love justified i thought just i mean i know it's a big there's a big difference and i like get shorty i thought get shorty was great too most of the stuff that that's been adapted from his work has been really fantastic um, oh and he if you need to study somebody for dialogue mm -hmm. you go to elmore leonard and read his dialogue okay it's a great tip incredible okay. all right well for plot points podcast guys um my name is Mark Sevy. My my co-host today was Christopher Styers. Thank you again, Chris, for uh, for all the years you've been a friend, but also um, you know for the for this wonderful opportunity to to get on public record to let people know uh, what a wonderful play person you are. Um, and yep. uh, come back soon. I enjoyed being here. Yeah, good, good, good. Even though we had some tech, little few technical difficulties. So yeah, for, we did. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> it kind of comes with the territory with podcasting. I'm starting to understand. Uh, that's just uh -huh. the way it goes. So, anyway, for uh, for myself and Christopher Styers, this is Plot Points Podcast. As always, be inspired. Do good work. <laughs>